to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church, advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message.
today's scripture comes from the book of Acts, chapter 11, verse 1 through 18. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, You went into the house of the uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord, nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Persia stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them, as he had come on to us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God saying, so then even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Holy scripture, holy words, amen.
me, please. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our wonderful Director of Children and Family Ministries, Susan Jarden, shared with us earlier in worship her story of needing to get creative to safeguard the caterpillars in her yard as they were making their journey from caterpillar to chrysalis to butterfly. In this time of pandemic, we all probably have a story of needing to get creative, to get something done or provide something we need. How many of you have discovered that you actually didn't need the, that closet full of stuff and then you, you cleared it out and now you have a cubby-sized office space in your house? Or maybe you're like me and you've tried out the website that allows you to put in whatever odd or ignored ingredients you have left in your cabinets and returns a few creative recipes. We've had a very delicious casserole earlier, uh, earlier on in the pandemic that included some pasta, onion, Dijon mustard, and some breadcrumbs. I remember when our family visited a friend in Juneau, Alaska several years ago, we were amazed at the way she reused and repurposed and reinvented everything from snowshoes to coffee cans. Juneau is hard to reach. It's mostly reached by, by plane or boat. So goods are hard to come by and can be very expensive. Nothing goes to waste there. Everything can be put to use in the face of need. We also saw what joy this lifestyle of ingenuity gave to our friend. We continue this morning on our series of converging paths and the way of the saints, learning about the story of Sarah Crosby, the first Methodist woman preacher. Hers was the way of necessity. Have you heard of Sarah Crosby before? I knew nothing about her before starting to work on this series, but she's an important person in our history, in our faith history. She lived in England in the time of John Wesley. In fact, Crosby and Wesley were very close friends. Sarah Crosby was born in England in the 1700s. Her, her family was not particularly religious, but she reported feeling strongly impressed by religion and spiritual questions in her childhood. In 1750, as a young woman, she was moved to join the Methodist Society known as the Foundry in London. The Foundry is an interesting story in itself. Established in 1739 out of an old artillery foundry of King Charles, when the impact of English weather from preaching in the streets and fields was starting to get to John Wesley and his followers, they looked for an indoor space and they found this old abandoned foundry. It was large enough to hold an assembly hall for 1,500 persons with space for 300 more behind that. An edifice dedicated to making the tools of war after a period of being abandoned and empty for 20 years this foundry became the cradle of a worldwide movement of love and grace. In this lively space of the foundry, Sarah Crosby found herself drawn deeper and deeper and deeper into relationship with God and others in the Methodist movement. And then things shifted. 
she was in this, you know, that space where you just feel at, at one with everyone and in the flow. And all of a sudden she found herself in a period she described as spiritual grasping, searching for God's grace in her life. She said, I felt my soul as a vessel emptied, but not filled. Day and night, I was amazed at the blessed change my soul experienced, but I said nothing to anyone because I was not as yet sure what the Lord had done for me. Though I had always promised if the Lord would, would but fully save me, I would declare his goodness, although I believed it would expose me to various exercises, both from ministers and people. I felt my soul as a vessel emptied, but not filled, she said. In the last seven months, have you experienced these moments of spiritual grasping, of feeling that your soul as a vessel was emptied, but not filled? It can be disconcerting, this grasping, and even anxiety producing to know what to do with that emptiness, that that reaching but not not holding on to exactly we can wonder how to to sit with this zen buddhist master tiknat han tells us that emptiness is nothing to be afraid of the word emptiness should not scare us he says it is a wonderful word he says if i am holding a cup of water and i ask you is this cup empty you will say, no, it is full of water. But if I pour out the water and ask you again, you may say, yes, it is empty. But empty of what? Empty means empty of something. The cup cannot be empty of nothing. Empty does not mean anything unless you know empty of what. My cup is empty of water, but it is not empty of air. To be empty is to be empty of something. This is quite a discovery. Nathan goes on then to explain that to be conscious of being empty is to be aware of not being a separate self. Emptiness means empty of our idea of a separate self. It is full of everything, Nathan says, and this was also the experience of Sarah Crosby. In her grasping for spirit, she found herself more and more aware of God's pull on her to teach and lead God's people. In 1760, several years after this, this experience of, of this grasping for spirit, Sarah Crosby began a plan to move to Derby, England, with two other Methodist movement women to establish a Methodist society. A year later, they made the move, and Crosby began with the, holding uh, you know, the, the, the Methodist class meetings, and in her first class meeting, she had 27 people. It's pretty good. She prayed with them, taught, and supported this burgeoning group. She got ready to hold the next meeting, and I'm sure she was very excited about that. And, and then something unexpected happened. The next time the group met, 200 people showed up. 
There was no way she could meet the spiritual needs of this group by doing what she had done before, going from person to person and, and kind of helping them in, on an individual basis. Crosby wrote in, in her diary this, This day my mind has been calmly stayed on God. In the evening I expected to meet about 30 persons in class, but to my great surprise there came near 200 I found an awful loving sense of the Lord's presence and much love for the people, but was much affected both in body and mind. I was not sure whether it was right for me to exhort in, an, in so public a manner, and yet I saw it impracticable to meet all these people by way of speaking particularly to each individual. I therefore gave out a hymn and prayed and told them part of what the Lord had done for myself. In a word, she preached. The way of necessity required that she put aside what she thought was supposed to happen and to do what the situation called for. Immediately after this night, Sarah Crosby wrote to Wesley explaining what had happened, and he broke further with the Church of England by affirming that she had done right. Her preaching and authority grew and grew as more opportunities presented themselves with need for a preacher. And so because of this, we consider Sarah Crosby the first Methodist woman preacher. Our scripture today comes from Acts, and it may seem like an odd one. In it, we have Peter explaining to his fellow believers why he baptized and ate at table with non-Jews. This was contrary to the Jewish law at the time, and his friends, the, the, the early Christians, were shocked and judgmental. Peter then tells them of a dream he had when the voice of heaven instructs him to, to do what he thought he was not supposed to do. He's confused and emptied of his former ideas and expectations. The power of the Holy Spirit brought him into a state of emptiness, but not emptied of God, only emptied of lines that would disconnect him from others. And so as the situation necessitated, he allowed the Holy Spirit to show him a new way of being in relationship with God and with others. When we feel emptiness in these days which can be monotonous, or the hollow anxiety of not knowing what is going to come next. Today's lesson calls us to just sit with it. We are being emptied of former expectations, patterns, rigidities, and disconnections. We may not know what to do with these feelings, but God does. God does. What if Sarah Crosby had given up during that time of grasping for spirit and replaced empty with despair? Well, I might not be preaching to you now. And what if Peter had silenced the voice of the Holy Spirit with the voice of what we all think we know? There might have been no worldwide Christian movement. Empty periods can be fecund places of growth that lead to great discovery. 
mostly empty cabinets can lead to new and delicious combinations. The key is to trust that something is happening. Peter did not shut down when he was pulled into the chaos of his dream, but rather went where the voice from heaven led. Sarah Crosby kept showing up at the class meetings in the foundry, even when she was experiencing an emptiness. And when the need for a preacher arose, she was ready. When faced with need, but without the usual ways to meet it, we can realize just how much abundance we have. Next week is Commitment Sunday when you're invited to bring your financial pledge to the church between 11 and 2 if you haven't already mailed it in or filled it out online. Pledging takes planning, and planning in the midst of a pandemic is hard. But the way of necessity reminds us that the Holy Spirit guides us in realizing that we have what we need to offer and connects us to the broader community this interbeing, as Thich Nhat Hanh would say, of which we are all a part. May we be at peace with this potent space of emptiness, letting go of attachments and definitions and the idea of a separate self. And may we rise to the occasions of love and connection that is the Christian way. The Spirit moves and we follow. Amen. Let us cheer the weary traveler, cheer the weary traveler. Let us cheer the weary traveler along the heavenly way. I'll take my gospel trumpet and I'll for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at Epworth.com.
epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week.